ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus. Aren't there enough of these pluses out there? Well, not yet. Yes, it's Lance and Matt Plus, a new podcast presented by WFOB and WBVI. Okay, now we've got enough pluses. So let's join Lance Morris and Matt Kaufman for Lance and Matt Plus. Welcome on into this edition of Lance and Matt Plus, a podcast exclusively heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, online through WFOB and WBBI.com. I'm Lance Morris. He's Matt Common. Matt, how you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing great. I, I mean, you and I just had a lot of fun off air before we got this thing rolling. And it, you know what? For everyone listening, you are not ready for our NFL draft special. Just... In advance, you're absolutely not ready for it when we get towards it at the end of April. It's there's there's no way you can actually be prepared for what majesty we have in store for you. It's just good lord. That that is that's like you threw me off my game. It's so good. <laughs> Some of the previews that you played for me. Uh, like I was prepared with everything good to go this morning, and then you you hit me with those, and now my brain is almost exclusively on stupid sound bits and the NFL draft. So, I mean, yeah, I'm good. We're doing good. We're 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 hanging in here at the uh, the Cleveland bunker as opposed to the Finley bunker. So we're doing good. Looking forward to a good show. We got another great one on deck for you today. And you dare I say, for everyone listening at home. Lance Morris and I have laid out a blueprint for the next couple weeks of Lance and Matt pluses that there is a, there is a plan in place. This is like the MCU of podcasts. Now I'm very excited. I wish I had kept the blueprint I had for last year. Cause I mapped out like everything for last year and then life got in the way, like in June. And so there's like, probably six between six and 10 weeks of stuff that will just be lost to time because I threw that paper away a long time ago, but it's okay. Cause you know, we got a, we got a good program. Now we got a good plan in place. There's some fun stuff and I'm going to have to give you your homework assignment here in a little bit, because I am going to break this one first. Yes. War of 1812 episode of Matt Cotman Presents is going to drop sometime. Kind of like Don the Two, I suppose. Kind of like uh, some of the earlier episodes. But Lance Morris is joining me on a What If episode. We're going to do that for one of our Lance and Matt Pluses in the upcoming weeks. And he and I are going to talk about it off air, but we need to come up with a good topic, do some homework, because... It's not just one of those, oh, let's see how it works. We we do deep dives. We actually go into the nuts and bolts of things on what if to come up with a concrete, viable example of what could have happened if something went differently. So uh, we're, we're going to put something together. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited about that. I think it'll be a good time doing a what if episode with you. So that there's... There is the extent of previews I will give about our blueprint going forward, but we got some great shows coming up. Today's is certainly no different. So, of course, to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes coming up, of course, rate, follow, review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Give us those clicks on the website as well. Let's us know that you are out there. And, of course, you can 
Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at the Lance Morris. Matt is Cotman. Matt WFOB. And of course, just one T in Cotman. Correct. That's correct. And you know, if you're not already liking or subscribing to this, what are you doing? What can we do differently? We want to entertain you. We want to we want to appeal to the masses. We want everyone to tune in. D- dare I say, we, we want to be on the level where WrestleMania invites us to get stunnered by Stone Cold Steve Austin next year at WrestleMania, like Pat McAfee. Did, did you see any of that, by the way, Lance? I saw, I saw whatever a couple people put on Twitter, but that was about the extent of it. Did you see him do his backflip off the top rope? I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Pat McAfee just put every punter on notice in the NFL that you actually have to be athletic now. It, it, it was incredible. I had a blast watching that. It was absurd. It was crazy. Seeing Stone Cold come back was just phenomenal. But yeah, it's that's what we're shooting for. We want to get to that level of the claim. We, we want Vince McMahon to invite us to come get the ever-loving crap beat out of us by WWE superstars next year at WrestleMania. So if you would like to see Lance Morris and I be savagely beaten in a wrestling arena at WrestleMania, please like and subscribe. That, that's really what we're shooting for here. Right, Lance? That's, that's, what, that's our end goal here. And that concludes our wrestling portion of the podcast <laughs> for the remainder of 2022. But now let's get into uh, what we have uh, what we have on tap for today. We will do a draft as we so often like to do. We will draft for the best players currently in Major League Baseball on the eve of their season starting a little later on this week. couple spring training games still taking place over the next few days. But regular season baseball will start here on Thursday. We'll have uh, Guardians baseball all year long on WFOB and Reds baseball all season along on WEVI. So plenty of Major League Baseball on tap across our stations, and we'll do a little draft, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. We'll also give our top three contenders for the Masters, which coincidentally also takes place this week, the busiest two weeks of uh, Jim Nance's calendar year, best four days for a lot of golf fans, and when they head to head to Augusta, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little a little later on in the show because we do to get into golf every every now and then. But Matt, we there's do? There, every every now and then, every now and then, we'll we'll get to that later. But Matt, there's there's one thing th- that we both know. D- do you do you know what that is? I don't know. Usually, this is where I get hit with the Bruce Drennan. So what 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 am I supposed to know? You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot, and you don't know baseball. There we go. As, I feel better as, now. As per usual. As per usual. Thank, thank you, Bruce. Our, our special what we do and don't know correspondent, Bruce Trennan. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll now get into our draft for the best current Major League Baseball players. We'll do this also, Matt, in a world where nobody is hurt. So if there's guys that are hurt right now, you know, DeGrom, Acuna, guys like that, they are they are eligible in this in this now, I guess, fantasy world that we are going to be living in so what we will do 
We will draft. Don't, don't tell the Dodgers it's a fantasy world. They already have <laughs> a fantasy baseball roster. They low key do. You could put together the Dodgers, and it would be like, it would be like, an amazing All Star team. Like don't don't say the word fantasy in baseball too loud. The Dodgers will get squirrely, and they'll somehow have three more superstars on their roster. But we will uh, we'll draft the the usual positions. We'll do a catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop three outfielders, a DH, then we'll have three guys on the bench, you know, just in case kind of guys. And then uh, for pitchers, we'll do five starters, uh, just like a normal rotation, and then we'll do just four bullpen guys and, of course, a manager. So, Matt, uh, I've asked this the last couple times. I will ask again, do you want the first pick or the second pick? I'm going to take the first pick on this one. Naturally. This one I'm going to take the first. I I gave you the first pick last time. Don't 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 be giving that ooh naturally. Of course, I'm taking the first pick on this one. Now I'm already ready. Go for it. Sound guy needs to be a little quicker on the uptake there with that music. With the first pick, not even debating it. Mike Trout, the end. Mike Trout, the end, huh? Mike Trout, the end. You don't have you don't want to elaborate at all or oh sure I can elaborate. Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player since Ken Griffey Jr. The end. <laughs> it's just he he's the best. Mike Trout is far and away the best player in major league baseball. And I think by a wide margin. I know there's an argument for some of his teammates. I know there's an argument for some other players, but at the end of the day, Mike Trout overwhelmingly is the most complete player in major league baseball. And frankly, he's probably with some of his injuries and stuff like that probably has actually extended his prime by a couple years because even when he comes back from injuries, he's consistently one of the two or three best overall players in the league. So the fact that he does not have as much miles on him over the last like year and a half, he's probably extended his time of being one of the best, if not the best in major league baseball. So yeah, for me, it's not even a question. Mike Trout is my number one pick. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I am also ready for my first pick. Don't have to think about this too hard. He is the reigning MVP and he also happens to be teammates with Mike Trout. I will go with the two way Japanese import Shohei Otani. I knew you were going to go Otani. Why wouldn't I go Otani? I knew you were going to go. Well, okay, where are you going to play him? I'm just going to start him at pitching, and then he'll be able to hit. Okay. That's, that's, cool. that, is, that is a new rule that you uh, baseball fans should know if they don't already. If, yes. you have, if you have a pitcher that is good enough, you can essentially make them your DH even when they are pitching. In other words, this is what... It's ba- it's, angels. Ba- it's basically the Shohei Otani rule. Yeah. So the, the 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 Angels basically bought this rule going forward. Let, let's just let's just call it as it is on that one. But uh, I'm going to ask you an honest question though about Otani. Okay. At what point do you give up on the pitching and just have him focus on the hitting? When he is consistently getting shelled, which 
because hasn't happened yet. Because the reason I ask that, I'm, I'm just going to bring up his stat line, if I can find it. Here we go. Because it's he's again, he's not bad. It's not that he's a bad pitcher by any means. It's 2021. He was nine and two with a 3.18 ERA. That that's not bad. That's a pretty solid stat line. I guess my question, though, the reason I bring that up is because he's such a better hitter. You know what I mean? I mean, he is an awesome hitter, but I mean, just in those numbers alone, that's one of the better pitchers in baseball. Yeah, but he's one of the better pitchers in baseball for 23 appearances. I It's, it's not bad. Again, I'm not suggesting that it's bad. That's not what I'm trying to get across here. But for his career since 2018, because that's the other crazy part. Otani's been with us now for four seasons. This is his fifth year in the bigs. For his career as a pitcher, he is 13 and five with a 3.53 ERA, 222 strikeouts, 72 earned runs. So it's, I kind of feel like his. 2021 season, albeit his one full season, that bears mentioning, bears repeating his his one full season so far. It kind of seems like it inflates that win lost a little bit because people still hadn't necessarily figured him out. So that that again, that's why I'm asking the question. Here's here's what I'll say. I think. I think your worst case scenario, assuming he's able to at least play and it's not some injury reason why maybe he stops pitching, I think the only thing that could happen, again, aside from injuries, is maybe they basically turn him into like a Michael Lorenzen on steroids, in which I mean he becomes like a bullpen guy when they need him to, but is then more of a primary hitter than, you know, a guy like Lorenzen is because we saw him with the Reds, and I think now he's on, like, the Angels. I think he's on one of the – he's on another uh, team in the West, I think. But he is a guy who was a pitcher and was primarily a relief pitcher, but in a pinch when since he needed, you know, a pinch hitter or even a pinch runner, depending on the game, he was the guy that they called on. So I think I think that's probably your worst case for Atani as long as he is able to – still be a hitter and still be a pitcher without, you know, some sort of injury thing happening again. I think, I think that's probably what his like floor is as a two way player. No, And again, I'll give you that. I guess, I guess my thought is I, I look at players that have been the two way players like that. And especially with his power and his hitting, not suggesting they're the same type of player, but very akin to a Babe Ruth. By the way, if you want to know the history of Babe Ruth and a what-if scenario about him, definitely check out Matt Cotton Presents What If, the Babe Ruth episode. Personally, I think it's my best work yet. But let me just say, even in that scenario, Babe Ruth was a phenomenal pitcher. And eventually, they just switched him exclusively to being a hitter. So I, I, I get it's super cool, super impressive watching him do both things in a game. I just feel that there's a much shorter window for that to be successful and for that to be consistently successful than people seem to be giving him credit for or seem to be giving 
a little bit of a real assessment for. So, yeah, Otani's a good pick. MVP, solid season. I'd say most of his MVP award came from his bat and not his arm. So should be a, should be a good pick for you. Are you ready for so, your next pick? Uh, yes. Cause is, well, wait, you know, I need to ask a question first. Okay. We're picking each position, right? Yeah. You, okay. All, all the so, positions, three outfielders, the, the whole nine yards. Okay, so I got my center fielder already with Trout. I'm going to – I am ready for my pick, so hit me with the music again. I apologize. I will be going first base, and I will be picking with my pick Vlad Guerrero Jr., Toronto Blue Jays, as my first baseman. Yeah, you're not going to hear any uh, any arguments on me on Vlad. Like, I kind of want to pick Freddie Freeman, but I also don't want to pick the Dodgers because that's like rooting for the Empire and Star Wars. <laughs> it's, I, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I mean, depending on how this goes, I could get a handful of Dodgers on my team before the day is done. You might just end up with the Dodgers because I'm telling you right now, I have very little intention of drafting any Dodgers. I mean, that'll, that'll make things easier because then I know what positions to prioritize. So thanks for that info. You're welcome. Happy to help. Uh, yeah, I mean, Vlad, if, 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 he... if, if Shohei doesn't do everything Shohei does, Vlad's MVP last year. Well, and the, the fact of the matter is for what Vlad Guerrero Jr. does, everything that he does, he he's practically his dad. With better power, which is terrifying. It's just terrifying that he he's basically his, like the only person I'd put up there right now for first baseman in terms of like power, just raw power as a hitter is probably Pete Alonzo. Yeah. And honestly, even with how good Pete Alonzo is, I'm not even sure he's that close to Vlad Guerrero Jr. in terms of power. I'm just not. His kid, kid can just knock the skin off the ball. It's just incredible. So for my next selection, I am going to go with a left-handed hitting right fielder playing for the Washington Nationals. I will go with Juan Soto. Not a bad pick. Not not a bad pick at all. I Juan mean, Soto, I think he's good. I think he's as long as he stays healthy, he's at least a top three finisher in NL MVP this year. He's that good. Oh, yeah. And he's so young, too. I mean, it's we're honestly in Major League Baseball right now, which is hilarious because of how much they have screwed over fans with some of the stupid nonsense that has occurred, th- there is a wealth of young, high-quality elite talent in Major League Baseball right now. It's And, yeah, Juan Soto is definitely near the top of that list himself. He, he's a phenomenal player from top, top to bottom. I, I'm, I'm beyond impressed with him as a player. So, okay, good pick, solid pick. I'm all ready for my next one. Go ahead. 
honestly a little surprised that he's still on the board at this point, but I'm going to take care of my shortstop position right now. Give me Fernando Tatis Jr., baby. My, my, my clubhouse is a powder keg, but my God, is it going to be fun to watch already? I mean, you, you can't talk about young players, and he's not one of the first three names you bring up. Yeah, I, I mean, look what he's done. To the, he, honestly, I would put what Fernando Tatis Jr. has done for the Padres. I would put it on par with LeBron James 1.0 in Cleveland. He is a young guy who is quite literally the face of that franchise and has made people want to come to San Diego. I mean, outside of Tony Gwynn, rest in peace on him. Well, when's the last time you were able to say that about the San Diego Padres? I mean, that, that, that's an incredible thing. And he's so talented, so entertaining. And for my money, so good for baseball. So good for baseball. Baseball has turned into such a boring, stuffy game where it's all these unspoken rules and hidden messages of the rules and, oh, you can't do this and don't do that and don't flip the bat too hard. And Tatis is out there doing backflips after he cranks one 450 feet. It's like, good. We, baseball could use a Chad Johnson. They could use an Ocho Cinco who also happens to be able to walk the walk when he talks the talk. So, uh, yeah, I love Fernando Tatis here. He is so much fun to watch. And you have to be all kinds of levels of sad slash salty, whatever emotion you want to call it. The White Sox had his rights when he was 16, and they ended up trading him to the Padres. And, I mean... Obviously, they couldn't have known what we know now at that time, but it, it it just looks back and it's like, oh, what were they thinking? But it's like, oh, he was 16. It wasn't like he was about to come up to the bigs. I mean, look, you can kind of know, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, he, he came into the league with such style, like a house of fire. And... You had to have known to some extent. Can you, now, the real question is, who did the White Sox get for him? James Paxson. That's a bad trade. It's it's like you, you talk about, and we love we love when we can go to like the what if category, but a left side of the infield with Tatis and Tim Anderson in Chicago, like that's like the most boisterous left side of an infield like ever. Oh, easily. Easily. Because people always yell at Tim Anderson for bat flipping, so. Well, you know what? I'll actually take it a step further here. This is probably going to go down for the White Sox. This is going to be their Jeff Bagwell trade. Yeah. Where the Red Sox sent Jeff Bagwell to Houston for Larry Anderson. And Jeff Bagwell's in Cooperstown right now. Fun fact about Larry Anderson, spelled with two E's, which is weird. Um, he is not. <laughs> so, with, with respect to James Pax. The, um, the Tigers have one of their own. They, uh, they traded John Smoltz when he was young. The Tigers have a lot of their own, Lance. Let's just call it as it is. 
Hey, they got they got Austin Meadows for like nothing yesterday. That was a nice thing to wake up to. Don't don't trust that. What do you mean don't trust that? It's the Tampa Bay Rays. Who's the last player the Tampa Bay Rays traded off? Who has then been wildly successful besides David Price? I'd have to look at the list, but I mean, yeah, by and large, that well, they they got rid of Longoria. Longoria was is he's still playing? He's was still really good. When they got rid of Longoria, he was thirty four and came off a season with only like ten home runs because of injuries. I mean, he was also thirty four at that point, though. Yeah, Me- Meadows. I mean, he, Meadows, he, he is, a, Meadows has been in the bigs for like two years. I get that. Look, I get that. I do. I'm just saying. The, the Tampa Bay Rays, in terms of how they do their management structure, their personnel structure, they're a lot more New England Patriots than they are Cleveland McGrabbies. They, when they trade somebody, there's a reason. And it's not because, oh, we just need to clear cap. That's because they didn't, the, 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 the they Tampa didn't, Bay Rays they didn't payroll. Pay what was that? It's because they didn't want to pay him. Well, no, it's not because they did. I'm just, I don't even think it's because they didn't want to pay. I'm just telling you, it's as Tigers fans, I know you're a Tigers fan. You guys got a lot of things to be excited about this season. I, I, I would reserve judgment on Austin Meadows getting traded to them because there's a reason the Rays did it. If they didn't want to pay him, they could have gotten better offers from other teams. That sounds like they were just trying to get rid of a guy to get rid of a guy. So, again, hopefully it works out because I know the Tigers are a team that you like. You enjoy you enjoy watching them. You do root for them. Man, I, I would not trade with the Tampa Bay Rays. It's just I, I wouldn't do it. Like, my first question if they called me with a trade offer would be, okay, what's wrong with the guy? <laughs> it's... Because now they don't want to pay him. They just paid Wander Franco two hundred million for a ten year deal. They paid they paid Longoria for a ten year deal. If they have a guy they think is going to be legit, they they will pay him. So it's so that's all I'm gonna say. I I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil the magic for the Tigers fans too much. It's a good trade. It's a fun trade. Austin Meadows is a fun hitter. He's a great outfielder. Man, something smells fishy about that, though. And I, I get this weird feeling that Tampa Bay is going to be sitting there just kind of chuckling to themselves by the end of the season. It's just just what I think because of how they've traded in the past. But I believe it is your pick at this point. It is, and I am gonna take austin meadows (laughs) no not quite i am going to take a guy that i'm surprised is still here and i will go for my center field position i will go with ronald acuna if it weren't for the fact i'm so high on mike trout i will have taken acuna i love ronald acuna i really do i i think he's an incredible player it's it really, for me, it boils down to Ronald Acuna. I still think he's elevating, like he's on his way there. Oh, he's one thousand percent on his way up. 
Like he, he is definitely one of those guys where it's like, give him just a little bit more time. And we're, we're going to be talking about him in the same category as Trout, as Otani, as all these guys are just like, yeah, they're one of the best in the business by a wide margin. So the Braves won the world series without Ronald Acuna last year. That, and you, you know what? You see the Dodgers building a super team. The, the, the Braves rep- lost Freddie Freeman, but they replaced him with Matt Olson. And they're still getting Acuna Jr. back. And a couple other players back from injury. Like, I, I don't know who thinks Atlanta's not going to be elite again this year, but they're going to be elite again this year. It's... It's gonna be it's gonna be quite the sight to see that 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 I'll tell you right now I'm I'm looking forward to what he can do and I'm just glad to see him back he he's such a fun player to watch so I'm very very excited to see him coming back but okay good pick good good pick I I I am ready with mine though go for it. Since it is now a universal position, I will go with my DH. I am going to go to Houston, and I am taking Jordan Alvarez. I mean, what he did, especially in the postseason, he, he went off. The, 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 I, I have a stat line here. 37 home runs, 110 RBIs. Fun fact, he only played two-thirds of the season. <laughs> I, I mean, had he been 100%, the way he hits the ball, we're talking the potential, big potential, not, not a guarantee, but the potential of a 55-plus home run season out of your DH. So, yeah, Jordan Alvarez widely – for my money, the best DH in Major League Baseball. I'm taking him, no questions asked. Okay, for my next pick. I am going to add again to my starting rotation, and I will go with the guy that when he's healthy, easily the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom. You would. I almost feel like you picked, put the injury caveat in there because you just wanted Acuna and Degrom. I mean, it works. It does hey, work. T- Tatis, end- Tatis is hurt too. That's true. You did end up with both of your examples. <laughs> I did on that one. Like, th- did you notice that? I noticed that. I mean, it's funny how that works. <laughs> it is funny how that works. It's very funny how that works. Man, I'm in a pickle. Do I need to start going pitching now instead of my um bats? Because I feel I have a great batting lineup right now, but I might have to might have to bite the bullet here and go pitcher. And I am gonna do that. So go ahead, hit me. To start my rotation, I am going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. And I am picking future Philadelphia Philly Shane Bieber. Uh, 
I mean, when healthy, he, he didn't win a Cy Young by accident. He did not. When healthy, some of the nastiest stuff in baseball. And again, when the Guardians trade him for a pack of Subway gift cards and a utility infielder to the Phillies, he's going to do great. Probably going to win a Cy Young in the National League, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously really good. There's, pay, there's, there's pay the man, good. Dolans. For, pay the man. For my next pick. Pay him. I will continue uh, stacking my starting rotation, and I will go with the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner. I will go Corbin Burns. Mad at you because I was going to pick Corbin Burns. <laughs> I was, I, no joke, I was lipping, hoping you were going to take Shane Bieber so I could take Corbin Burns. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to have to do this out of vengeance. Hit me. I'm ready already. With my next pick, I'm taking Houston Astro, Justin Verlander. I mean, okay, that's this isn't 2011 anymore. No, nah, I'm kidding. I'm not taking Verlander. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I will take, however, your starting pitcher's running mate in New York in Max Scherzer, though. That actually hurts worse. I know it does. I knew where I was going with that. I might not have taken him next, but I mean, you I, know, I, he was on your list. I, oh, of course. I mean, yeah, you, you are a you just huge listed, Max Scherzer. You just listed two of my favorite Tiger pitchers of all time. I mean, yeah. Well, let, let's be honest. He is your favorite Tiger pitcher. Verlander would be one. Scherzer would probably be two. Are you sure? Yes, I am. I feel like the Scherzer trade and getting rid of him hurt you more than the Verlander one did. It hurt me more because I knew Scherzer was still going to be an ace for a lot longer because Verlander is older. Okay. I'll give you that one. Just it, it, it kind of had that feel of that one hurt you more. Not that I was it, trying it, it to hurt, hurt me, you. It hurt me more because I knew it was coming and that I knew he would still be awesome. Whereas I hoped Verlander could do good things after leaving Detroit because I knew Detroit was not going to be good anytime soon. But you also kind of hoped I, he'd fall off a little bit. Not really, no. I don't have any ill will against Verlander. Well, not even ill will. It's just you don't want you don't want to be, oh, man, we could have gotten X amount of amazing years out of this guy. I mean, we could, theoretically we could have, but it would have been for nothing because the Tigers have stunk. That's true. That's very true. But, yes, Max Scherzer, that is my pick. So I got Shane Bieber and Max Scherzer. I am liking my rotation right now. For my next pick. I will continue adding to my starting rotation for my fourth starter and the most overqualified fourth starter in the history of baseball. Probably I will go with New York Yankee Garrett Cole. Yeah, you would. What do you keep saying? Like you would. You would go Garrett Cole. You say that like he's not one of the best pitchers in baseball. You really, uh, you know, I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there. Actually, who am I kidding? I am going to go there. Look, 
I think Garrett Cole is incredible. For that one glorious year in Houston, he was incredible. I don't think he's lived up to it since then. I just don't. I, I really don't. It's I, I think there he's a good pitcher. I think technically he's a good pitcher. Like from technical standpoint, fundamentals, he's a good pitcher. I don't think he's elite. So you're saying he's overrated? I, I'd have him as my number three or four guy in a rotation, personally. Like if you gave if you put him on the Mets, I'd have him as the third rotation guy behind DeGrom and Scherzer. No, he would be. Like I I'd say those two are infinitely better. I'd say Shane Bieber when healthy is better. I, I honestly I'd even make a an argument for my next guy. Go ahead and hit me with it. The only Dodger I am going with as a pitcher, Walker Bueller. How much of it is because you just want to say Bueller? We're not going to (laughs) know. We'll never know the answer to that question because he is an elite pitcher. He is a phenomenal pitcher. I mean, he had the very unceremonious task of having to replace Clayton Kershaw as the top pitcher for the Dodgers when Clayton Kershaw, let's just call it as this. Historically speaking, probably the best pitcher since Sandy Koufax in terms of what he was able to do year in and year out at an elite level. So it's Kershaw's going to Cooperstown and Bueller had to replace him and he's done an incredible job doing that. So yeah, Walker Bueller is my pick. And I would even say better than Garrett Cole. I just would. Yeah. What about the ranks? What about the rings? Kershaw. Does he have a ring? In my personal record book, no. Well, thank God we don't base it on your personal record book then. He, he has won, a he, ring. He, he won in the two, 2020 shortened year. Come on. He won in the 2020 shortened year. Okay, yeah, come on. It's You know what, though? How many of those seasons when he was in L.A. was he quite literally the only thing keeping them going? Look at the postseason numbers. How's that I, I get the postseason numbers. I'm standing by it. Best pitcher since Koufax. Actually, let me rephrase. Best pitcher since Nolan Ryan. You are aware that Randy Johnson exists. Randy Johnson does exist, and he was amazing. And was very, very talented. He did it a little bit shorter than Clayton Kershaw did which using the word shorter with anything Randy Johnson is hilarious since the guy's like 6'7". He's, he's bigger than that. He's 6'10". Good God. But he's, he's, the, he's no, Randy collect- Johnson's he's, great. He's the new Randy collection Johnson's in MLB, great. so like I kind of know about Randy Johnson. Yeah, look, Randy Johnson is amazing. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying if you asked me who I would take in their prime, I think Kershaw had the potential to be more dominant. Randy Johnson, the big year, he was amazing. Absolute fire thrower with his fastball. Really good off-speed stuff. And obviously, he does have a perfect game to his resume, doesn't he? Yes. Which is great. If anyone deserved it, it was definitely him. 
Kershaw was doing things on a team that was not that good and still getting almost 20 wins a season. I, I don't think you can say the same about Randy Johnson being on a lot of bad teams over the course of his career. Okay, for my next pick. I will close out my rotation. And it hurts me to say this. No, it doesn't. No, it does. Because the person I am picking is reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray. Do you know why it hurts me to say that? I I don't, but we're going to find out together on today's episode. Why does it hurt you to say that? In 2014. He was a Detroit Tiger. He was a Detroit Tiger. <laughs> and do you know who all... Do you, do you know who all started games for the Tigers that year? Oh God. I know. I know part of the list. You're going to say Justin Verlander, Mac. That was, wait, that was the Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, David Price, Robbie Ray era. Wasn't it? Plus Rick Porcello. Plus, plus Rick Porcello. Plus Annabelle Sanchez. And they won nothing. Man, how did you guys not win a world series? I don't know. how did you not win a world series? That's why it hurts. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, at least unlike the Tigers, I mean, the Guardians were two outs away from a World Series. And then a God <laughs> blessed rain delay happened. Blew a 3 1 lead to the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> Guy, I hate you. No, you don't. No, I don't. But that was hurtful. I guess it was hurtful. I mentioned the World Series for well, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> that seems fair. Like, seriously, why do you stop the game on a rain delay? It'd been raining the whole night. Ugh. No, no, we don't have time. It's it's my pick again, right? Yes. It's my pick again. There we go. Okay, so I have a first baseman. I have a shortstop. I have my center fielder. And I have two pitchers, or three pitchers now, right? Yes. Okay. So... Time for a third baseman, I suppose. Should I, should I even let you say it? I feel like I know you're picking. Who am I picking in your mind? You're picking Jose Ramirez. Absolutely not. Really? Really. Okay. Then I stand corrected. Go ahead. I, I, I love Jose Ramirez, but I, I don't want this draft to feature a lot of traded players in the near future. And I think sometime in the next couple of weeks, Jose Ramirez is not going to be a guardian anymore. I don't know why I'm calling them the guardians. I should call them what they are known as the cash considerations of the utility infielders, but I am going to stick with my youth movement. Since he can play both positions, I am taking as my third baseman, the wonder kid from the west side of Florida, Mr. Wander Franco. I mean, he can. You and I both know Wander Franco is going to finish this season within the top 10 for vote getters for MVP. Yeah, I agree. It's like they're. It, what he did in 
it was 70 games last year. This was his 70 game stat line. 535 at bats, 94 runs, 19 home runs, 82 freaking RBIs in 70 games. He also drew 50 walks, almost hit 300. He was 292. It's the 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 kid is just going to be a beast. So I I want to look like I'm pretty smart. I'm getting a little bit early on that one. I'm picking Wander Franco, and I have the absolute youth movement of an infield right now. Okay, I will close out my outfield. And for my left fielder, I will go with the reigning NL MVP, and I will go Bryce Harper. That's right. Bryce did win it last year, didn't he? He did. That's right. He's good. He's just fun to watch. I mean, there's been there's been so many baseball people that have called him overrated the last handful of years, and it's like, you're you're not watching the same thing I'm watching. No, it's everything I've seen about Bryce Harper. I mean, what was the hype coming out a little nuts? Sure. Yeah. But he's mostly lived up to it. I mean, this is the second MVP. Yeah. Second MVP already. I mean, you got to talk, you got to talk about Bryce Harper right now with two MVP awards as a legitimate candidate for the hall of fame down the road. It's that, that you lived up to billing in that scenario. So I, I'm, I'm definitely going to agree with you on that. That's a good, good pick. So, so no, I'm not going to make this completely me trolling people. Um, I am, I am ready for my next pick though. I am going to take the legendary Boston Red Sox, now current member of the Evil Empire. So I guess I'm picking two. I am going for my left fielder, Mookie Betts. It's still flabbergasting that Boston let him go. Like, it, I, it still doesn't make sense. For like a pack of peanuts, man. Like at now looking back on that trade, it's like for peanuts they let him go. Yeah, I I genuinely don't get it. I don't either. It's so it's like, oh okay. I mean, just that 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 was the kind of move that was the kind of trade where it's like you're just letting the Dodgers win now. That that's really what's happening here. We are going to have the Harlem Globetrotters going against the Washington Generals every single time in the postseason so might as well take advantage of it yeah going Mookie Betts as my left field so I got him at left Trout in center Jordan Alvarez as my DH man I am liking my lineup so far this is this is good I got a good feeling about this for my next pick this guy might uh, might uh, go in the outfield a little more often than not, but just for lineup purposes, I'll call him my DH for the moment. 
Aaron Judge. Masher of baseballs. Masher of baseballs. Stealer of home runs. Master of strikeouts as well. As long as he hits 40-some home runs, that's cool. <laughs> like, did, uh, I'm going to ask you this because I, I will admit you understand the history of baseball a little bit better than me. Not by much anymore because of some of my episodes I've done, but a little bit better than me. Okay. Isn't it weird how players just – there's this these roles that keep recurring in baseball year in and year out, generation in, generation out? Like every generation, there's the one guy who's just the absolute baller or strikes out horrifically kind of guy. Like, I mean, you hit, it was like Prince Fielder and Mo Vaughn, guys like that. Now it's Aaron Judge. It's, it seems like every generation gets that guy at some point. I think, uh, I think it, you're just seeing it more now that strikeouts aren't viewed as much in a negative light like no one wants to strike out but with the way people are always trying to hit home runs that's the byproduct of trying to hit more home runs is there's more strikeouts but that is fair i I agree with that i'm I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing it's just there there's these types of players these types of stars in baseball that just kind of seem to exist in some capacity throughout history of the game that that's the part that i'm getting that's like you, you have the guy who can steal every base you had that with ricky henderson then you had kenny lofton for a little bit nowadays i mean there's a few pretty decent candidates for that one but it's it's just it, it always fascinates me seeing these players that fill these roles that just happen to exist over the history of the game which speaking of that I am going to take one of those players now hit me with the music I will be closing out my outfield with an MVP a player who can do just a little bit of everything very very well and in doing so fits that mold of the kind of do it all player maybe not an elite elite star but right near the top of the list, I am going with Christian Yelich from Milwaukee. See, I I thought about Yelich, but his injury concerns are starting to scare me just a touch. Just a touch. I, I think he's not going to have to do so much in Milwaukee this year. So I, I, I like his chances of getting through a very healthy season. Like it was between for him or for me, it was between him and Tyler O'Neill going forward for my other outfield position. Uh, O'Neill just strikes out too much for me. Just way too much for me. Great hitter, solid hitter. But I think Yelich is going to have a nice rebound year. I hope he does. Just he, just, he's just because how just of, just because of how hurt he's been. Yeah, and he he's such a good player to watch too. You want to talk about the Atlanta Braves for a moment? They they had an outfield that at one time through their farm system was Christian Yelich, Marcel Azuna, and Ronald Acuna Jr. That doesn't sound right. Oh no, I'm sorry. Azuna's there now. It was 
he was in St. Louis, but Yelich was there, wasn't he? Yelich was on the Marlins. What? Oh, Marlins. I mixed it up. My apologies. The Marlins had at one Marlins point. Marlins had Azuna. Yelich, Ozuna, and they had Stanton. Stanton. That, my bet. That's right. My sincere apologies. I, I knew they were teammates. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was like, I remember a season where it was Azuna and Yelich were in the outfield with another star player. And then those two got traded off. Okay. I feel better now. I was <laughs> like, I, I know they were teammates somewhere. Wasn't Atlanta. It was Miami. All right. So now for my next pick. I will go to the shortstop position. I will go with one of, if not the fastest player in baseball. I will go Trey Turner. He is fast. Like, he's so fast, he makes fast look slow. Are, Are you proud of that? I am. I was able to get a longest yard reference in this broadcast. I'm very excited about that. But you that. didn't do it very well. Well, of course I didn't do it very well. It was a terrible impersonation, but I still got to do it. Not bad. Trey Turner, I mean, he's a solid, solid shortstop. He, he's done it well every place he's been in his career. So I would definitely say he's a good pick. Not as good of a pick as Fernando Tatis Jr., but a good pick nonetheless. And who do I want? Okay, no, I know who I want. Go ahead, hit me. I'm ready. So I need a I need a general out there on the field, someone to call the shots. I am going catcher, and I am taking Salvador Perez from Kansas City. The former World Series hero. He is the former World Series hero. This is true. And I'm pretty confident that my my lineup right now is either going to hit like 300 home runs or they're going to strike out every single time. <laughs> I, I, my lineup is clearly victim of the long ball. It's as simple as that. You also better hope you're uh, not playing my team because you're very right hand heavy. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I don't necessarily believe in the whole right-handed versus left-handed argument. Well, you cannot believe it all you want, but when the players are on the field and they believe in that. Well, they, and you know what, this, no, no, I am going to go there. This is on par with Darrell Revis argument that you and I have had. How? Doesn't matter if you're right-handed batter or left-handed batter. Yes. There is a little bit of an angle advantage in that regard for the pitcher if you're opposite of the pitcher. But by the same token, you should be able to hit anybody. If you're elite, you should be able to hit anybody. Doesn't matter if they're left-handed pitching or right-handed pitching. Doesn't matter if they're pitching with their foot. You should be able to hit anybody. It, it goes to the Darrell Reeves argument. Oh, Darrell Reeves is the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. No, because he couldn't cover his own. He couldn't play his own. 
he's not the greatest of all time. He's not even in the top 10 because of that, if you ask me. So I'm going to stand by that. If you want to be considered one of the best, you got to be able to hit everybody. So, yeah, I may be right-handed heavy, but I am confident the guys that I'm picking are the best at being able to hit the ball. So they need to prove it against left-handed pitching. Are, are you done? I am. I ran sober. Go ahead with your pick. Okay. <laughs> this might sound like a weird pick to some, but to me, it's a very simple and easy pick. For my second base position, I will go with the guy who's basically hiding away from everybody because the Diamondbacks suck. I will go with switch hitting second baseman, Ketel Marte. That's not a weird pick. He's he's good. Like he's he's really good. <laughs> I, I like I, I'm I was thinking of taking Ketel Marte. I, I was called as it. I was really thinking of taking him. Well, then I'm glad I took him when I did. Like I, he he was he was very close to the top of my list. I, I have a few that I'm looking at for second base because I still need a second baseman. He he was right there at the top of that list. So no, Cattell Marte. He's he's very talented hitter, very good fielder, all around good player. He's definitely very soon going to be the face of that Diamondback franchise. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he's going to be the face of that franchise sooner rather than later. I mean, so, they, okay. they did they did sign him to an extension, so he's at this point going to be there for a while. He's going to be there for some time, and that's for the best. I think he'll do good there. So, all right, I'm ready with my next guy. I am going to be a victim of the moment and I am going with second baseman because he's going to rotate between these two positions. I am going second baseman Trevor story. I know he's a shortstop. Allegedly Boston is going to be doing some rotation with him. So he gets some time at second base as well. So kind of like a Jose Ramirez plays third base and then second base situation. I'm go. I'm going with Trevor Story. Yeah, I mean, he was awesome in Colorado. It's going to be interesting to see what he does with the Red Sox because it does appear that if he's going to be in the lineup most of the time, it's going to be at second base. Yeah, he's going to spend most of his time at second. Uh, he is. He's definitely going to spend the majority of his time at second base. I mean, he's a very good fielder. But let, let's be honest, Boston got him for his bat. That's really what Boston went to go get him for. So, yeah, I, I'm comfortable with that. I feel good. I feel good, Trevor Story. For my next pick. I'm going to do my own version of... Uh, position switching a little bit he can play it he's more primarily known for a middle of the infield guy but i'm going to go with the guy that the texas rangers just gave a buttload of money to i will go with Corey seager 
they did give a buttload of money to Corey Seager. Like a lot of money to Corey Seager. That's that that's gonna be interesting. You think that one's gonna pan out? I don't know if it's gonna result in a whole lot of wins, but I think he'll play well. Like I, I'm kind of with you on that. Like I think he's gonna look very, very good for a just under 500 team. So like it's, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it plays out with Corey Seager because he's going to look very good on that team. I don't know if it's going to be successful, though. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that one's going to play out. Good player. Very, very good player. Rangers seem to be a tiny little bit of a mess right now, though. Not a full-on mess like they were a couple years ago, but Still kind of a mess. So that, that, that'll be interesting. I'm very curious to see how that one shakes out. But I am, I do, before I get ready for my next pick, I have three out of my five for starting pitching, correct? Yes. Okay. So I'm ready with my next one. I'm going to get arguably the best number four in baseball. And I am taking Jose Barrios from Toronto. He is certainly a guy that the Blue Jays are hoping can step up in a major way. Well, hoping that he's also going to come back in a very good way too. I mean, it's just, uh, for me, it's all about his sinker and the fact that he throws it with such velocity and such a nasty style. It's so good. Yeah, for my money, if he can he can limit the amount of runs, because he does have a little bit of a high ERA, 3.86. If, if he can limit the runs, man, he could do some good. Like, have, have that sinker, that level of a sinker. That'd be right up there with, like, Mariano Rivera's cutter in terms of just an almost unhittable pitch. So, yeah, Jose Barrios, he's my number four. For my next pick. I will go with the new Dodgers first baseman. I will go Freddie Freeman. Like, how did they get him? How? It's, it's, it's approaching offensive. The players, the Dodgers are able to pull in. Like it's, this is like what, three years in a row, the number one free agent has gone to the Dodgers. Something, uh, something like that. Like it's, it's just been absurd. Like, honestly, if it weren't for the twins, just throwing a boatload of money at him. I was convinced that Correa was going to go to the Dodgers and it was going to be like all is forgiven from that world series, but still, my God, it's just, it's so not fair. The roster they're putting together out there. No, no, it's not. It's, it's just not fair. Oh goodness. All right. I am ready with my next pick.
because somehow we have left all of the relief pitchers off of this list so far. I'm going to go ahead and take the top reliever in baseball. I am taking Josh Hader from Milwaukee. I was wondering when our uh, relievers would start uh, coming off the board. Well, I, I really, I'm down to what uh, one more pitcher and how many relievers do we get? I was thinking four. So I get four relief. So I'm just down to relievers at this point, besides one additional starter. You got, you got some bench spots too. How many bench spots do I get? Three. Three. Okay. Well, still, uh, I'd rather get the best one in the bigs. Yeah. Hater's pretty good. He, he, he's, he's more than pretty good. He's incredible. He's the best. That's why I took him. Well, he's the best. Well, tis why I took him. Well, should I be mean? I don't know how you could be mean at this point, but go for it. I'm curious. Because you provoked me, I will take. Guardians reliever Emmanuel Classe. That doesn't provoke me at all. Emmanuel Classe is very good. And when he's eventually traded to the Chicago Cubs for three packets of hot dogs from Wrigley Field, a utility infielder and cash considerations, he's going to be just as good there. He's a solid pick. He throws hard. He does. He, he throws hella hard. He throws hard, hard. <laughs> like 104 hard. <laughs> it's, with movement. That's the scare. Isn't that the scary part with him? He's got movement at like 102. Like his, his cutters. It's, I, I won't say it's the Mariano Rivera cutter, but it's going to be a really good cutter. Look, it's not. Mariano Rivera created the cutter. I know the cutter was around before Mariano Rivera, but he created the cutter. Yeah. I know I just mentioned Barrios and his sinker. I I think Barrios could do for the sinker what Mariano Rivera did for the cutter. Having said that, Emmanuel Classe, he's the closest I've seen to a Rivera cutter since Mariano's hunt him up. And it's harder. And it's much harder of a pitch. Now, I, the flip side of that, I have no idea how long he's going to be able to sustain that. Right. So he, that throwing it that hard for a cutter, he might have to work on putting the focus on the movement as opposed to the speed. But my God, that is a fun pitch to watch. And the Cubs in two or three years are going to love it when we <laughs> trade him for three packets of hot dogs, a utility infielder, and cash considerations. Because the Dolans don't pay anybody. But we get a lot of news alerts saying that we almost traded and signed for somebody. I'm going to rant for a minute. I'm sorry. How bad is it when you have one of the top outfielders in free agency, Jock Peterson, be like, hey, Cleveland fans, I wanted to come play for you guys. The Dolans only offered me $2 million a year. I have five other offers for like 15 million a year. I'm sorry. 
And then the, the response to that is the Guardians like, oh, well, we tried to sign him. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't try to sign him. No one is going to take your discounts because you want to be cheap. The Dolans are worth like $40 billion. They just are being cheap. They still haven't fixed the one sign that fell down. They're just cheap. And then they have a news story come out. Oh, we're talking extension with Jose Ramirez's agent. To which Jose Ramirez's agent goes on Twitter and says, yeah, I'm not even in the same country as them right now. Like, I mean, the Dolans think all Cleveland fans are stupid. Do no, they think just, all just, of us are stupid? Just you. Because... That's true. I don't have. I'm not going to go there. We need some of those Cleveland fans to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Not going there today. But seriously, like, it's almost as if I were to sit there and be like, yeah, I tried to go vegan. No, I didn't. I got double meat burrito the other day. (laughs) I can say I tried. That's the part that infuriates me with the Guardians and with the Dolans. It's always this, oh, we tried. No, you didn't. (laughs) Because you're worth $40 billion. If you tried, the Guardians would have Jock Peterson as their right fielder right now. And they would accidentally have between him Fran Mill Reyes, Bobby Bradley, and Jose Ramirez, an actually pretty decent hitting lineup. We wouldn't have to go through the dumpster fire of watching Bradley Zimmer awkwardly swing and miss at things because he's so God bless and tall. <laughs> Pay people, Dolans. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not done, but I'm done for right now. <laughs> so are you ready for your next pick? Yeah, we're going to be ready for my next pick. Go ahead. I apologize to the listeners out there. I I get a little salty about my stupidity and known as the Cleveland Guardians organization. Okay, I'm going to go with my bench here. Get myself a good quality, covers all the positions kind of guy. I am going to go with Teoscar Hernandez from Toronto. Yeah, he's pretty good. He is. You know, he can play every outfield position, can actually do a little bit of third base, and he's a designated hitter. Great bench guy. Phenomenal bench player for me. Can throw him into a ton of spots. So for my next pick... I'm going to go another reliever. And I will go Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan is good. That's a good one. He, 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 he is, he's solid. Good pick. So you got Clause and Trinan now? I do. Okay. I, I'm, I may need to jump back on the, uh, <laughs> the reliever situation here because I'm about to get left to the dust. Go ahead, hit me. I, too, will be going reliever. 
And I will be going with Liam Hendricks. He's aight. He's aight. He aight. He'll get the job done. Really, Hater is the one that I wanted out of the relievers. I kind of. I was gonna do a I was gonna do a Cleveland Guardian just be like, oh, whoever else, that's fine for relievers. Brian Shaw, how do you get how do you give up so many hits to the Cubs? How do you do that? You know, this podcast may turn into Cleveland sports fan therapy for me. So to keep that from happening, my next pick probably for the best. I will stick in the bullpen. I will actually go with Josh Hader's teammate. I will go Devin Williams. You know, I completely <laughs> forgot about Devin Williams. Ooh, that, that's, that's a good one. I know. Now, here's my question for you. For Devin Williams, you use them as your closer or your setup, man? Uh, depends on Depends on the night. Depends on the night. All, okay. all three of these guys could be closers. They really could. That, that's why I'm asking. It's like, is is he going to be setup man? Is he going to be closer? Where you, where you leaning? He'd probably be. He'd probably be more of a setup guy, just because I feel like he could go more than one inning, more than like a Class A well. Yeah, that that's the big thing with Class A. It's I mean, he is he's dominant, but I'd be terrified having him go more than one inning. Right. Okay, well, I, I am going to get my final reliever, so cue me you, up here, you, please. You got, you got two more relievers there, Bob. Okay, I'm going to go with my second-to-last reliever then. <laughs> cue me up still, please. I'll be going with Houston relief pitcher Ryan Presley. He's all right. You saying he's right? Or is it because you're upset because you want to take him? No, I know. Your... I already know who I'm taking with my last pick. So, are, are you taking my sworn nemesis? I don't think so. As, as a Cleveland Guardian fan, you're not taking my sworn nemesis, our oldest. I forgot about her oldest chat. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Now I have to. <laughs> You yeah, monster. I'll take him. I'll take her on this Chapman. You know what? I'm glad you took him because here's my two cents about our oldest Chapman. <laughs> he is a phenomenal relief pitcher. I have never seen a relief pitcher that can go off the rails so quickly by giving up a single hit. Because he doesn't want to give up any hits. I understand. But like, you got to be able to at least handle giving it if he gives up a hit he's blowing that save i've never seen anything like it like it's it's remarkable with him he is either the absolute most dominant closer in baseball or if he gives up a single or a double he's going to lose the game for you like, if I'm the Yankees, he gives up a hit, I'm pulling him from the game. <laughs> I'm being like, we're going to get someone else out there. Good job, Aroldis. 
you did good. Go sit down now. The fact that he went from the Yankees to the Cubs, won a World Series, then went right back to the Yankees is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And also, this is called as is the definition of a rental by the Cubs. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Like the the biggest, this is us being homers and just renting Chapman for a season kind of situation. Not even for a season, for a couple months. Yeah, not even for the whole season. Yeah, for, from like June. God. All right, let's close out my relievers. Hit me. I'll be taking a bit of a wild card here. And I am going to go with Minnesota Twin, freshly avoided arbitration left-handed relief pitcher, Taylor Rogers. Because, and here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Do you want me to do it in the radio voice? No, because I can. Absolutely not. I can totally do this in the radio voice if you want. I can turn you off right now. <laughs> I'm not even in studio with you, and I, I feel the glare <laughs> that you gave me as I said that. <laughs> Like I felt the glare here in Cleveland. That was that was intense. Good. Anyway, Taylor Rogers, you want to talk about something that you want to get out of a relief pitcher? A 59 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio over 40 innings. That is solid. That is very solid. I think he's going to be an outstanding setup guy for me for Hayter. Okay, for my next pick. For one of my bench bats, going to bring him in when you got a lefty on the bump. If need be, going to go Pete Alonzo. you so much i really Why? wanted pete i really wanted pete alonzo <laughs> i was i was hoping you were gonna dodge him because i don't think you have a catcher yet i don't but you already right, took I'm, salvador Perez. so god i don't like you right now really hoping i could sneak him in there at the end oh man Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart to see you go bad like that. All right, I'm ready for my next guy. Because I believe the key to any good bench player is functionality and the ability to do a lot and play a lot of positions, which is why I am going to go with the Minnesota Twins, first baseman designated hitter, third baseman Miguel Sanu. It's or Sanu. Sanu. That's a How fine. Say that? Yeah, Sanu can hit. He he can hit. If I need, like, hey, go hey. hit the ball out of the stadium. Go replace so-and-so for an at-bat. I'm going to get that from Sano. So, 
Yeah, Miguel Sano. He is my second of my two bench players I have so far. For my next pick. I will go as my utility guy. Literally plays like every position. Big part of Boston last year. I will go Kike Hernandez. He does play every position, doesn't he? Basically. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure if they really need him to, he could throw two innings as well. Like if they were in a pinch. That's a good one. That, that's a good, good pick. I like that pick. Not too shabby. Ah, now I need to think. Hmm. I don't want to tell you who to pick, but if you're going to take uh, a bench guy, it should be someone who is a lefty. You should be someone who's a lefty. I wish I was a lefty. Hold on. Wish I, I had the Jeopardy like... music ready. That's, you don't need... Actually, you know, you should play the Jeopardy music. That's not a bad idea. That's, it's always fun. <laughs> Are you going to play it? Not him. Maybe him? Nope. Oh, I like both of them. We might have a winner here. Hold on. Nope, guess not. Actually, you know what? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I am going to shove it in the face of the Cleveland Guardians, and I am going to pick New York's latest $300 million man as my last bench player. Francisco Lindor because he is a switch hitter and evidently I am incapable of liking players that are left-handed batters in some capacity. I swear to God, man, like I, I was going down the list. I was like, oh, Bo Bichette, maybe? No, right-handed. Oh, Tim Anderson, maybe? No, right-handed. <laughs> hey, Xander Bogarts, mate? Nope, right-handed. I mean, do you want me to like tell you some switch hitters? Do you want me to tell you some lefties? No, I'm I'm happy with it. I mean, Lindor's a switch hitter. I know Wander Franco's a switch hitter. Your Alvarez is a switch hitter, but primarily a left-handed batter. I, I have some. He's he's just a lefty, by the way. Is he just a lefty? I thought it was he was a switch, but either way, it's I I, I have enough left-handed if I really am in a pinch. So you I'm have... okay with that. Let's let's go down the list. You have Wander, who's a who's, who's a switch hitter. You have yes. you have Yelich and Alvarez who are lefties, and you have okay. Lindor, who's a switch hitter. Yep. So you only have two pure lefties on your team. But I'm okay with that. Okay. Because I mean, think about it this way: having the switch hitter doesn't matter if I'm facing right or left-handed batting, or pitching. Excuse me. Doesn't matter if I'm 
doing left-handed or right-handed pitching. I can play them in the lineup either way then. So I like it. I'm happy. This pleased me. How many pick how many positions do I still love to pick? You have one more starting pitcher and a manager. Okay. Sounds good. But anyway, it's your turn, so go ahead. I'm going to go with a guy who is tucked away in a little city called Baltimore. I will go as my final bench bat as a lefty. Was a switch hitter, but then wasn't as good as a righty, so just stuck to lefty completely. I will go Cedric Mullins. Does it make me a bad person to say I really hope he gets out of Baltimore just because of how much (laughs) of a mess that team is? Like, any of the good players from Baltimore is just like, man, I hope you get to a good team someday. It looks looks that much worse when the rest of the AL East is as awesome as they are. You know, that might actually be the real problem. Because there is a higher than zero chance that all the AL East teams besides Baltimore could be in the playoffs since there are three wild cards now. Yeah, well, let's just call it as it is. All the the top the three top teams in the AL East will be going to the wild the playoffs. So I mean Tampa Bay is gonna win the division. Toronto and then I'm going to say Boston. I don't think the Yankees make it this year. You always slander the Yankees. Some of them slandering the Yankees. I think the Yankees are a good team. They're going to have a winning record. It's going to be a good season for them. The Rays are better. The Blue Jays have improved. And I think the Red Sox have brought in good players for a change, as opposed to just throwing as much money as they can at any free agent. So, you know, they should have thrown money at Mookie Betts. Yeah, they really should. That's. <laughs> That one's just not going to age well in Boston at all. At all. It's it's like you guys have the payroll. You could have gotten, you could have kept Mookie bets. That's that, that, that one's going to sting for a little while, but okay. I am ready for my last pitcher. And I am going to go. Back to the tepid shores of Milwaukee, which, of course, according to Alice Cooper, means the Golden Land from Wade's World 2. But I am going Brandon Woodruff as my last pitcher. What is it with Milwaukee where they have all these awesome pitchers? Look, I have no idea, man. Like, you look at Milwaukee's roster. It's like, oh, my God, this team is stacked. How do you not win? Like, the team is just loaded. I mean, look at their pitching. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. You have Josh Hader. You go to their actual. Yeah, Peralta. You, You go to their actual lineup then as well. And. Is it amazing? No. There's a lot of pretty solid players. 
on that lineup overall. It's not a bad lineup by any means. So it's just, it, it's, it's astonishing. I mean, Colton Wong is their second baseman, pretty decent second baseman. He does good. Is he a world beater? No, but Willie Adames is their shortstop. He's probably going to be an all-star and command a ton of money here in the very near future. You have uh, Luis Urias is their third baseman. He was good before he got hurt. I mean, it's, my God, the, the roster is just stacked. How they don't win more consistently is beyond me. Maybe this will be the year they change that. Maybe. One can only hope, especially Milwaukee Brewer fans. For my last player selection. I will finally take my starting catcher. And I will go with the man who very well might be the slowest man in the history of baseball. I will go. Yasmani Grandall. Look, I mean, Prince Fielder still might be the slowest, but Grandall is right up there with him. His full sprint, I, I am wildly out of shape, but his full sprint might actually be a jog for you and me. I have no, like, that blows my mind how slow he is. But still great catcher. Phenomenal catcher. And a switch hitter. And a switch hitter. All right, so I am getting my manager. I'm going to get this out of the way. Easy. Go ahead and hit me. I will not be taking the babysitter managers where they have superstar rosters and are just babysitters, such as Joe Madden, Dave Roberts, or Dusty Baker. Nay, nay. I am going to take far and away the best manager in baseball because he gets to do it with the scraps and the spare utility infielders that the Dolans provide for him. I am going with Tito. Terry Francona. Yeah, I wrote it down as soon as you started talking. So, yeah, you, you knew where I was going. Fra- Francona does the absolute most with the astonishing least out of any manager in baseball, if you ask me. You're not going to hear any arguments from me on Tito. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. Kevin Cash was a considered uh mark kotze for oakland they've done some good things i i I was gonna see if i could just make your head pop and i was gonna say like tony la russa or something like that i thought about doing the very same thing like there's a small part of it was a great manager but he has aged horribly yeah i mean like if you want to give me like 10 years ago or 15 years ago Tony LaRusso, sure. But no, all day, every day, Terry Francona. I will go with the guy who has been painted in a very negative light because of everything that happened, by which I mean current Tiger manager, A.J. Hinch. 
I say you, you you were absolutely going AJ Hinch. That that was not even a debate. Me with Francona, you with Hinch. I I knew that was coming. I think Joe Madden's a better manager than you're giving him a little credit for. I don't think Joe Madden's a bad manager at all. I think he's a very good manager. I think what he did in Tampa was impressive. I think his time in Chicago, obviously he won a World Series. But I also think his time in Chicago and now his time in L.A., he's kind of been a babysitter. You have Mike Trout and Otani. I'd hope you're good. In Chicago, you had Chris Bryant. You had Javi Baez. You had Mrs. Joe Buck, otherwise known as Kyle Schwarber. You had a stout rotation. I would hope that you do good. So he is a very good manager. I just think right now he's a babysitter. It's not meant to be a ding on him. I, you put him on a, a team, they're going to be successful. Just It's kind of the same thing as like Alex Cora I, I, and Aaron Boone. I don't necessarily think they're bad managers, but I don't think they nearly have to try as hard as someone like Terry Francona does or Mike Matheny in Kansas City. Or really, if you really want to split hairs, Rocco Bedelli in Minnesota. I mean, he's got good players there, but Minnesota does not usually draw superstars. Carlos Correa is a huge exception to what has happened in Minnesota over the years. And I think that speaks way more to what Baldelli has done up there as a manager than anything else. So, yeah, it's not meant to be a ding. They're still good managers. I just... Again, I think they're kind of babysitters at this point in their careers. Do, do it with a roster that's not completely stacked from head to toe, and we'll talk. And Dave Roberts, he's the prime candidate for that one. Perfectly good manager. I think he's more than qualified. He's a babysitter in L.A. If they don't win 100 games, it's probably because of him. So let's recap uh, our teams for our Major League Baseball current player draft. For me, at catcher, Yasmani Grandal. First base, Freddie Freeman. Second base, Cattell Marte. Third base, Corey Seager. Shortstop, Trey Turner. Left field, Bryce Harper. Center field, Ronald Acuna. Right field, Juan Soto. Designated hitter, Aaron Judge. On the bench, Pete Alonzo, Cedric Mullins, and Kike Hernandez. For the pitching staff, for the starters, Shohei Otani, Jacob deGrom, Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, and Robbie Ray. For the relievers, Emmanuel Classe, Blake Trident, Devin Williams, and Araldis Chapman. Manager, A.J. Hinch. For Matt, at catcher, Salvador Perez. At first base, Vlad Guerrero Jr. At second base, Trevor Story. Third base, you have Wander Franco sliding over to the third base position. At shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. In the outfield and left field, Mookie Betts. Center field, Mike Trout. In right field, Christian Yelich. Designated hitter, Jordan Alvarez. On the bench, Teoscar Hernandez, Miguel Sano, and Frankie Lindor. Starting pitchers, Shane Bieber, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, and Jose Barrios, along with Brandon Woodruff. Then relievers, Josh Hader, Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, Taylor Rogers, and then manager is Terry Tito Francona. Yeah, I, I stand by that. I stand by that roster. I, I think I'd win 100 games with that roster. Maybe lose 100 games with that roster. You know what? That kind of talk, I, I'm 
I'm almost prepared to throw a challenge your way. Go on. MLB the show. We assemble these rosters. Best out of 11. Like, and we actually play or. And we actually play. Oh, dude, you are so on. Do you, do you, do you, do you have the new game yet? I don't have the new game. The yet. new the new game came out this morning. So I'm assuming it's already downloaded on your Xbox, right? Oh, I've I got the early edition I've been playing since Friday. <laughs> okay, for those of you that don't know Lance, his video game repertoire, there's only two games every year that he actually goes out of his way to get early. The show and NBA 2K. Those are the only two. So Let's be very clear what I'm challenging here. (laughs) This is is me throwing down with like myself against Madden. Where I feel I would have a very big upper hand on Madden football. That's why I'm doing best of 11. It can't be like a best two out of three. You're going to smoke me like the first two or three games. (laughs) I'm astonishingly aware of that. But... Maybe something to consider as the for as something to bring into the podcast a little bit. I I think some of these ultimate teams that we put together, we should then assemble them on our games of choice and actually go head to head. See, okay. If if you want to do that, I'm more than willing to do that. If we're gonna do that, we have to have a couple more rounds of drafting, though. Well, let, let's here's what we say of that one. I say, I, say be, I say because I know how much it actually takes for a roster for the, for the game. Yeah, well, it's a 25-man roster for that one. So I, I get that. But what, what I would say is off-air, you and I can finish putting together a team. Back and forth, take turns. Yo, want to talk, yo how I'm going with this one here? Yeah. You and I can, we can fill out the rest of our roster that way. Kind of do it as like kind of a weird, like pseudo mini draft between you and me to close out the roster. But then, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking this is what we should do from now on to settle these debates about these drafts that we put together. Cause we put together our, all the best NBA teams. We did nothing with that one only because I'm not a fool and I'm not going to compete with you on 2K. <laughs> Considering I have not played a 2K game since 2020, I definitely need to practice before I do that and get back into the swing of things. But yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling stupidly confident about this idea. <laughs> this is the don't touch the stovetop. Don't touch the stovetop. You know what? Lick it. Why not? <laughs> So we will we will definitely have to finish putting our teams together for yes. for that. We'll, 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 we'll work out the details of that one, but I think save this paper, save where you have this written down. We're, we're going to have to do this in the near future. We might have to do that locally. Yeah. Oh, right. locally. Well, just because I don't know if you can like do a custom or maybe maybe like you take a custom roster into like a franchise or something. Well, that's what I'm thinking. We, we could do like could our do own that. online franchise. We could do that. Like online league. And it's just you and me. 
we can do that. To throw it up. You know what? This may even force us to like go get a Twitch for the station or something <laughs> like that. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. We we have to do that. We now have we're, to do we're, that. You know what? We're gonna talk about this in post. <laughs> we'll talk about this in post. All right. I just came up with a brilliant idea. We're yes. gonna talk about it in post. Yes, so along with Major League Baseball this week, we also have Masters Week and like I said off the top, Matt, I by no means am a big golf fan. I'm not checking in every week, every or all that often. But when it's a major, and especially if I hear that major's close, I will certainly flip over to that channel. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... I wouldn't necessarily say I'll flip over even when it's close. I'll, I'll flip over when it's close if they're on like hole 16 or 17. Like it's... For me, for golf, it's got to be close, and they got to be getting close to wrapping up as well. But yeah, I mean, it's the Masters. It's this the big one. This is the big one year in and year out. It's Augusta. It, it's always the one that is the biggest story throughout the year for golf. So yeah, it should be a good one this year. And even looking at the odds makers for it, they they have it as a pretty even split. On this one, there, there's a lot of competitors within very reasonable odds of each other. So yeah, it should be an interesting one this year. So my my top three favorites. I'm throwing Tiger Woods in there just in case he actually plays, because it's still kind of on the fence whether or not he plays. But if he does, you you have to at least give Tiger a, a shred of a chance because it's Tiger. Otherwise, my third guy, I would go uh, Rory McIlroy because he's. He's actually won every major but the Masters. He finished fourth in 2015. That's his best finish uh, at Augusta. He, he's he's definitely a guy that can play can play well enough to win. Uh, for number two, I'll go Jordan Spieth. He won in 15, should have won in 16, but essentially had a meltdown. He he's been playing better over these last few months. I I could see him winning winning another Green Jacket. And then uh, my favorite, I'm gonna go Justin Thomas. He's only won one major which was the PGA Championship back in uh, 2017. Uh, but he finished fourth uh, in 2020. He actually has the second best odds, at least according to Vegas. So I'm going to go Justin Thomas as my master's favorite. Not a bad pick. Uh, I was leaning towards Thomas as well. John, John Ram is pretty high on my list too. But if I were to go my top three, I'll go my actual top three. It, it, I think we'll go down the order. I, I got Cameron Smith as my number three. I have uh, Kepka as my number two. And as much as I like Thomas, I, I am going to go with the odds on favorite. That is uh, John Ram. These Ram, is he a Ram or Ram? Uh, if, if Todd Groves were here, he'd happily correct me on that one. But, it's Ram. Uh, thank you. Todd it's it's Ram I honestly don't know but it sounded better that way it sounds much better Uh, we're gonna go with John Ram on that one if I'm saying it wrong all the golf fans out there I apologize but if we want to go off of my just pure petty golf drama top three Tiger Woods is my number three if we're talking drama then DeChambeau has to be up there well, so I, said, I, I want to be Tiger Woods is number three, and then I want to be a playoff between Kepka and DeChambeau. Ha- have to go into the equivalent of golf overtime between those two because I give it three holes. 
in an overtime pressure situation like that before Kepka takes like his sand wedge to the side of Deshimo's <laughs> head. It's, and I'd watch golf then. <laughs> it's like in South Park when they were making fun of Tiger and they turned like the PGA game into like Tiger essentially fighting with his then is then yes wife. like it's like oh and then it goes back to golf and I'm like oh golf sucks now <laughs> it's like, wow golf's really boring <laughs> oh my god yeah like so my actual three is uh ram kepka and cameron smith but yeah if i if you could give me a finals the the top three are tiger woods kepka and deshambo Oh God, who are you rooting for on that one, Matt? For this to go like 20 extra holes, that's what I'm rooting for. Because this is too good. So with that, that'll do it for this edition of Lance and Matt Plus. Again, remember to rate, follow, review, do all those good things on your podcast platform of choice to let us know you are out there and you are listening For Matt Common, this is Lance Morris signing off for this edition of Lance and Matt Plus. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.